Well, hello and welcome to Sunset TV. You're watching discussion today with me, Rajat Kane. In this episode, we'll take up the subject of Indo-US energy ties as the two countries have decided to revamp the existing energy cooperation framework to focus more on clean energy. Well, they have decided to revamp the Indo-US Strategic Energy Partnership or in short, SEP. Through these pillars, the United Nations and India are working to strengthen and modernize power, grid and distribution utilities for clean, affordable and reliable energy access, improve efficiency, flexibility and environmental performance in the power sector, promote inclusive and sustainable economic growth through long-term energy requirement. Well, earlier, two SCPs were held under the previous U.S. administration of previous U.S. President Donald Trump, where focus of energy cooperation was more on supply of fossil fuels from U.S. rather than cooperation in reducing carbon footprints. While the imports of fossil fuel from the U.S. will continue, Washington will support energy's efforts for clean energy. That's what the reports have come. So now, how important are the SEP and how important is partnership between India and US in the endeavor for clean energy? Well, discuss more on this. We are joined with panel of two guests, Mr. Dilip Sina, former ambassador, and Prachi Gupta. She is consultant Neeti Ayog. Well, many thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, let me start with you, uh, Ambassador Gupta. Uh, ambassador Sina, I beg your pardon. Sir, how important in the perspective of a clean energy are, say, partnership between India and US in terms of, you know, the size of the consumption, the size of the market, and of course, like, given the requirement of these two countries? I think this is a very important uh, cooperation that is taking place between India and the US. Mm -hmm. uh, as you yourself mentioned, this uh, group was set up, this partnership was set up uh, three years ago, right, and the initial focus was uh, was on India's energy security and diversification, and it served the immediate purpose of diversifying our sources of uh, oil imports, and the result was that the U.S. rose to becoming the second largest supplier mm -hmm. of oil to India, but now the focus has shifted to renewables and right. to cleaner technologies, mm -hmm. and this is extremely important because for both India and the U.S. This is an area of uh, great importance. We have to understand that the future, uh, especially for India, lies in uh, developing new technologies because its needs are immense. Mm -hmm. And clearly, uh, fossil fuels are not, go not going to be the engine of India's growth in the future. And for the US, which is uh, one of the largest, well, the second largest emitter of uh, greenhouse gases, and is historically responsible for uh, almost a quarter of the uh, gases emitted, uh, it's important to lead in the development of clean technologies. Mm -hmm. And this will be a path that the two countries can uh, can go down together in developing new technologies, which is what the emphasis of this new partnership is now. Right, right. Absolutely. Many thanks, uh, Ambassador Sina, for your opening remarks. Prachi Gupta, I mean, your reaction, say, first up to begin the show, the importance these two countries attach to each other in terms of clean fuel on the indicators of, you know, the consumption, population, and of course, like requirement in future. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, India and US definitely have a strong road ahead. If you look at, as you mentioned, there, there have been two meetings earlier on the strategic energy partnership. I'll just give a quick background in terms of, uh, so there are four pillars under this 
existing strategic energy partnership and as mr dilip also highlighted earlier the focus was more on energy security mm -hmm. so we have one oil and gas pillar the second pillar is power and energy efficiency and the right. third pillar is new and renewable energy and the fourth pillar is sustainable growth pillar so the sustainable growth pillar is being headed by niti aayog in partnership with usa so these four pillars were focusing on different aspects but given that uh, you know the us government uh, would be coming back to the paris agreement there is a lot more scope that and given that india has a potential for growth in terms of energy demand our energy demand is expected to be twice in the coming mm -hmm. next 10 to 15 years and given that india wants to move on a low carbon trajectory i think the government is very well revamping the existing framework and looking at you know partnering towards cleaner technologies towards clean tech r&d and then you know uh, potentially getting you know developing more financing mechanisms to actually uh, deliver finance to where is it is needed in terms of low carbon technologies or whether it's energy efficiency or whether it's you know in the coal sector whether we talk about coal gasification or cleaner utilization of coal right. from coal to chemicals so i think there are there are different areas particularly mm -hmm. with respect to low carbon pathways that we uh, talk about so given that us has the strength in terms of technologies and r&d and india has the potential to increase its energy demand and skill labor force so i think definitely it's a win win situation for both the countries uh, prachi before moving on you know we we attach lot of importance to paris agreement now since us is also back over there i mean how much of the dynamics you think it will help in achieving the larger target of of uh, say uh, paris agreement yeah i think for example if we look with respect to climate change as a broader goal so us given that it is one of the largest greenhouse gas emitters and india is the third largest emitter but in terms of per capita consumption we are quite low uh, i think paris agreement stands a testimony to some of the goals the nationally determined contributions that each of the country has set up and mm -hmm. india is already on track of meeting those ndc targets so paris agreement i would say it gives a framework for all the countries to to i would say fulfill their commitments to the overall broader objective of fighting climate change so definitely us coming back to this would be a good move and it would i would say it would be a motivational move for uh, the countries across the globe to actually you know fulfill their ndc commitments right 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 well ambassador sinha i mean you know uh, talking of cleaner energies and of course like ecological balance how these two factors are correlated and if you talk in the broader sense with paris agreement you would you see things back on the track which perhaps was missing after the exit of us well the us's uh, departure was obviously a great uh, setback to the entire global climate movement mm -hmm. and the fact that it is back is a great great help to everybody because you cannot possibly address the problem of climate change with the us not being on board Right. Uh, as far as india is concerned we are in terms of our goals that we have set for ourselves for the paris agreement we are on track for that but that clearly is not enough for us even for our own needs okay uh, and that is primarily because our per capita consumption is extremely low our overall consumption is extremely low and we have to increase our consumption if we wish to industrialize but in our future industrialization fossil fuels cannot be the engine of growth because whether it is in terms of our paris agreement targets or it is in terms of our own uh, uh, climate pos position today where a large number of our cities are extremely polluted 
And if we increase our carbon emissions, we will, we will face the consequences ourselves, regardless mm -hmm. of what the rest of the world does. So we have to understand that uh, one, in terms of coal, which is our primary source of uh, energy in the country, and for which we are dependent for almost over half our energy requirements, we have to develop and adopt new technologies, get new investment. And as far as future investment is concerned, we have to go in for renewables. And in both these, India and the US can collaborate. Uh, as Prachi mentioned, uh, the uh, US has a very strong R&D base. India mm -hmm. can collaborate with the US. Uh, the US also has coal uh, technologies, especially uh, the advanced coal technologies for power generation, which we need to invest. So all these things put together call for a greater, greater partnership between India and the US uh, to enable our energy needs to be met and the global targets for emissions to be met. Hmm. Uh, Prachi, like you, both of you agree that we are still dependent on conventional fuel in terms of meeting our energy requirement. What has been a reason so far that we are still depending on more conventional, uh, say, uh, modes of fuels for, for this requirement? Well, I think there are a lot of reasons for it. One, uh, up till now, the renewable energy technologies were not cost effective. So if you look at the cost of solar uh, photovoltaic panels, they've, they've drastically reduced over the last decade or so. So it's one, I would say it's about the economics of, uh, you know, the available technology. So till now, the if you look at the industrialized countries, they have, they have grown on the base of coal, they've grown on the base of oil because mm -hmm. that, is, that was most economical. But now, given that we are at par in terms of tariffs, levelized cost of electricity, of green air fuels, uh, I would say alternate energy as well, uh, I think India has taken up uh, quite significant steps. So 151% increase in uh, penetration of uh, renewable energy we have seen over the last five to six years. So it's one, I would say it's about the costs. And second, I would say it's also about the, the, you know, the stage where the technology is at. So uh, the cleaner technologies, solar and wind, are already in the commercialization stage are at par in terms of costs. But given that some of the alternate technologies still are not cost effective and still mm -hmm. are a lot of them are still in the, either in the R&D phase or in the okay. commercialization phase. So, uh, you know, given that this, there's a scope, a lot of scope for development of clean technology R&D, we still have to depend on conventionals. And the third reason I would say is uh, if we talk about grid, uh, so if you know if you look at the base load, the base load still has to be met through a conventional or a continuous supply of energy, which can only be provided either by coal or gas or to an extent nuclear as well. So uh, the penetration of renewables to the grid today, if we look, it's approximately 37% installed capacity we have. But there's okay. a limit to what renewables can also, uh, you know, uh, there's a limit to what renewables can supply in terms of power to the grid unless there's not a base load to uh, meet that electricity demand. So we need storage solutions. And that is when storage as of now, there was, some tariff, there was around a tariff of four uh, rupees per unit that we have achieved uh, solar plus storage. So I think it's about the cost. It's about the stage where the technologies are at. And it's about eventually, you know, uh, meeting that base load through a continuous supply uh, where storage solutions will play a critical role. So that's why we have been dependent on conventional still now, just like, you know, the industrialized countries have grown on uh, conventional fuels. Right, right, Prachi. Uh, many thanks uh, for, for that detailed explanation. Uh, Ambassador Sina, your take, I mean, why there is still dependence on conventional fuel going ahead, as Prachi has rightly put it, we really have to shift our focus. And of course, like, we have to work on the cost-intensive technology 
uh, about about uh, the renewables. What I mean? Do do you see any challenges ahead? Well, there are major challenges in in renewables. The first mm -hmm. is uh, technological. The technology itself okay. needs to be advanced. Mm -hmm. Whether it is solar or it is wind or the other uh, renewable sources, the most uh, promising source is hydrogen, where the technology is still in a fairly elementary stage and needs to be advanced further. The other challenge that you face with renewables is the problem of finance. Okay. Now, uh, the Paris Agreement had set up this uh, uh, global uh, finance fund, uh, but that is virtually lying empty. And one of the things that the SCP that we have with the US can do is to tap the private sector uh, energy sources in the US, right. because the US is generally loath to use uh, public sector money or government money for these purposes. Uh, and we have seen recently one of our leading uh, solar companies uh, listed itself in the US. Now, that is one way in which we can start tapping the uh, vast uh, financial energy sources of the US uh, to meet our financial needs. The, the Global Climate Fund has, I think, just about $10 billion out of the promised $100 billion. So uh, we have to uh, focus, shift our focus from, from these uh, public sources, our government-to-government sources, mm -hmm. to the private sector. And that is where the future lies uh, for our private sector undertakings uh, to, uh, to tap finance and also to uh, invest in research. Hmm. Prachi, uh, in terms of you know, making it cost effective and getting in more, more investors into this business, you feel that the partnership between two countries, India and US, would be fruitful in this endeavor? Especially like if you talk of the SAP and of course, like while these two countries are focusing more on clean energy. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, there's a lot of scope for partnership uh, between mm. India and US in some of these highlighted areas, clean technology, R&D, scaling low carbon technologies. Uh, then it's it's energy data management, which we are currently working on uh, with respect to you know, strengthening the energy data management in India. Currently, we have five energy ministries and, and the data is, you know, uh, among these five energy ministries. So, for example, US has an as EIEA, which is a centered energy data source. So uh, that's one area that we are currently working on. And I think it, it has significant potential because we could take the best learning practices that EIEA has already developed. And then other than that, I would say, as uh, Mr. Dilip also highlighted, the financing area. So if we are able to unlock that finance, which is one of the major roadblocks to accelerate the clean uh, penetration of cleaner technologies in India's energy mix, I think I think definitely there's a lot of potential in uh, in this partnership, and there are a lot of areas of collaboration that will not only help India accelerate its energy transition, cleaner mm -hmm. energy transition to cleaner fuels, but also it would it would help in the uh, U.S. because India is one of the uh, most opportunistic markets at this moment because right. India is at the cusp of its energy transition. So definitely, I see a lot of potential between the two countries. Well, energy transition, that's a word you've used here. That's a key here. Do you agree, uh, Ambassador Sina, the energy transition between, you know, fr from the conventional to renewables, and that's what uh, the entire game lies? Oh, absolutely. The, the industrial age, as we know it so far for the last uh, century and a half, has been based upon uh, fossil fuels. And we have seen the impact of that. We are reeling under climate change. Uh, India, unfortunately, missed the bus on okay. uh, conventional fuels. Our installed capacity is still extremely low, uh, whereas other countries uh, were able to industrialize with conventional energy while this climate change problem had not yet started. Now we are in the midst of it. So uh, if India has to move forward, it has to move forward in the newer uh, technology areas. And I think that is possibly an opportunity for us because instead of 
going down the old path and then taking a U-turn after 10 years, we should go down the path of new technologies and become the leader in this area. Okay. We have a, a young population, a, a, a talented population. If we focus our energies on new technologies, we'll be able to lead from the front instead of trying to uh, follow, the, follow the old path. If we leapfrog into the new technologies, it will accelerate our growth and make us a leader in the new technologies and the technologies of the future. Uh, Prachi, you also agree that India missed the bus, as, as Ambassador Sinha puts it, in terms of the energy transition to more cleaner and renewable fuels. And if, if that is the case, how long will it take to actually catch up then, at that distance which, which has to be travelled? I think uh, what uh, what uh, he highlighted and what we missed is potentially the industrialization. Uh, so India is more a service-based economy. If you look at China, China has uh, grown tremendously because of manufacturing and that to relying on conventional fuels. So India, currently we look at our per capita consumption is one third of the world average and that has mm -hmm. stayed like this for long. So we really did not miss the, miss the bus on renewables, I would say. Maybe okay. solar PV manufacturing, which China has taken the lead. But the step that India has taken to transform its energy landscape to integrate more renewables into the grid, even towards the end sectors, whether it's cooking, whether it's electric vehicles penetration in the transport sector, or uh, it's it's in agriculture, you know, penetrating solar off-grid farms. So India has, has, I think, taken significant measures. But what it needs to do is accelerate the pace. So the, the platform is set. There's a motivated government that wants to do it. There's, there's a strong leadership that we have. So what India really missed was the industrialization uh, story, which could have led to you know higher economic growth. But now that uh, we, we are propelling towards a cleaner future and also getting into manufacturing, uh, the government re uh, released, the, the, the cabinet launched the performance-linked incentive scheme to manufacture the panels and to develop the entire supply chain and uh, the government is now actually focusing on Atmanir Bharat. So it's right. you know re reducing the import dependency and actually getting that supply chain to uh, build and focusing on ensuring that the fuel mix is cleaner. So I think uh, we, we really have a lot of opportunity uh, going forward and uh, definitely it's, it's going to be an uphill task, but I think we, we have set the uh, base uh, foundation right. Right, right. As you say, that government is focusing on Atman and Rabhara, the self-reliance initiative. Will they be, I mean, of course, like, and how challenging there will be a balancing act in terms of, say, you know, being self-reliant in the fuel and, of course, like, uh, say, involving partners in terms of uh, uh, the, the, the renewable energy sector? I think it will be the entire supply chain if it's when for me it will be i think it's the entire supply chain from you know uh it's called like the cradle to grave mm -hmm. uh it's it's right from manufacturing to building a strong operational system uh down the line so atmanirbhar is about uh reducing our import dependency wherever right. we can being self-sufficient in mm -hmm. uh you know while tapping the domestic resources that we have uh, for example, you know, in different states, we have uh, in northeastern parts, some of the parts could be good in hydro and uh, biomass. There's a lot of biomass potential in Punjab so uh, in ha and Haryana. So if we tap our local resources and set the entire supply chain, uh, infuse uh, uh, private partners, private players through, it could be through a PPP mode or get more private players uh, into clean technology, R&D in uh, finance, setting up those financing mechanisms to scale these technologies and even the downstream sector. So I think I think uh, that that would be super helpful. Right, right, Prachi. 
sir, uh, Ambassador Sinha, as we go towards the close of the show, sir, when we, as we look forward towards the third SCP meeting between the two sides, India and US, what would be key issues on the table? I think what we should uh, focus on is one technology, that is mainly research and uh, development in new technologies. Right. Uh, focus on getting clean technologies for our coal plants because we cannot dispense with these coal plants over the next uh, several years. Uh, but at the same time, we need to clean up these uh, power plants. And the third would be on tapping finance hmm. because it's very important for our renewable energy to get finance uh, uh, from the uh, private sector in the US. And if we focus upon these areas, then it will be possible for us to, one, clean up our existing uh, power plants and move towards, as we expand our energy production, uh, move towards cleaner technologies. Right, right. Prachi, just your last remarks, your last take. I mean, as we look forward towards third SAP meeting sometime later, of course, like a couple of months' time, what would be there in the table as per you? I definitely agree to the points that Mr. Dilip has highlighted. And in addition, I would like to say that potentially another area is industrial decarbonization, that mm -hmm. India and US could closely work together uh, to, to move towards low carbon pathways. Right, right. Many thanks, uh, Prachi Gupta from Niti Ayoga. Many thanks, uh, Ambassador Sinha, for, of course, elucidating on this extremely important aspect of cleaner fuel and, of course, like Indo-US ties on this issue of cleaner fuel. Well, that's it in this issue of discussion today. Many thanks for watching Sunset TV. Goodbye.